What is animism? What do our forefathers have to do with us? What religions do other people groups have in underdeveloped countries or the rest of the world? What religions do missionaries experience on islands and in Africa and other countries in the world? And how can we as Christians and Westerners handle it and at the same time proclaim the gospel? We'll get into all that today on this episode of Churchpreneurs. In studio with me is our special guest, Lota Keza. Let's get this. Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our generation. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church and ministry, hopefully to empower you in your Bible study, ministry, church, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. What up, churchpreneurs? Today, we've got a great show for you. My special guest in studio is Lota Keza. He's married to Gisela, and they have two adult children. Lota was professor at Freiburg University. He's an anthropologist, ethnologist, and a linguist. That's a lot of stuff, man. For us Americans, that's tough. You got a few languages there. <laughs> we'll talk about that, I'm sure, too. He's been a missionary in the Chuk Islands in Micronesia for five years. He's written several books, which we got here. He's written Animism, A Cognitive Approach, and Introduction to the Basic Notions. It's a cool cover. This is the old version, but we've, he's got a lot of other stuff here with. And uh, Licht in der Südsee, which is also going to be uh, coming out in English soon. Um, I believe he's also uh, been involved in writing a couple uh, commemorative publications, too. They call them Festschrift in German. Uh, Lothar. Thank you for taking the time today to be with us. It's so great to see you again. Thanks for coming on our show. It's an honor for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, first, I have to explain a story. Can I do that? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, we've gotten to know each other quite some time ago now. Um, uh, you were less gray and I was less gray in That's those days, true. I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was 20, maybe even 20 plus years ago. We uh, at our wedding, uh, you took part in our wedding, and I appreciate, really appreciate that. I think we've thanked you several times since, but um, you translated our wedding, right? Uh, you translated, especially all the English components into German for those uh, folks who would speak German only there. And uh, as I remember, I'm trying to remember back, you uh, corrected my father one time during his sermon. It was right. You corrected him and it was correct what you corrected him. My dad, I think, just probably used uh, the the everyday language or something and you were correcting and then you put it into German and uh, made sure I thought that was really good. And uh, 
uh, appreciate you. Oh, well, I didn't feel arrogant. <laughs> no, no, no. It you, just happened. No, it happened. It was it, absolutely, it and uh, it, it it was right. I mean, you had to understand first to be able to translate yes. what he had right, said, yeah. and. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you for doing that years ago. That was a real special memory. Yeah. Though, um, though I find I wasn't that good. No, come on. <laughs> now, I wasn't German speaker at the time. I just actually had memorized my yeah, vows okay. in German. I don't yeah. I was a pretender at the time. OK, <laughs> <laughs> now I could know better. But I think everybody said it was a wonderful, wonderful yeah. time. And I'm, I remember that so fondly. Yeah. Although your wedding day is a little bit nerve wracking, right? Okay. It's a little nervous. <laughs> I remember myself sitting in the garden trying to memorize my vows. What you had to say, oh, okay? Man. Yeah. It was so nerve wracking. Yeah. I wanted to just get it right in for it to be perfect. Yeah. And uh, I'm just so glad yeah. that you've been part of our lives yeah. since then and supported us yeah. and just always, even uh, most recently, the missionary treffen, the, the missionary yeah. meetings that we yeah. have yeah. from all those folks uh, from Micronesia back yeah. then, those are really special times, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys have have grown, some of you grown up together. Yes. Some of you have, have had these wild, great, incredible experiences on the islands together. Yeah. And also, I don't mm. know if you can see in the background, we have Gisela, Lota's wife with, and uh, yeah, there you go, give her a little... Hi, Gisela. Okay. Thank you for sitting in. This is going to be a fun time. Let's just jump right in. So, uh, I like I said, um, you've written lots of books here. We've got a lot of stuff with, um, but let's jump to your just your your experience in the South Pacific. Yes. Let's let's lay that out first. You were a missionary in Micronesia, or were at in Micronesia. Um, uh, you can correct my missionary words there for a minute in a minute, but. Um, can you tell us about that experience and how did that shape you? Yeah. Uh, I went to Micronesia in 1969. I was a young man and was a young teacher. I had studied uh, Romance languages and uh, English American studies. And I was asked by an indigenous church in Chuuk to come and take over uh, the job of a principal in a junior high school because one of the missionaries of the Liebenzell Mission, who was principal at that time, had to be to go on furlough to America. That were the Bullers. And uh, so I took over and started to teach children that uh, spoke a language with a grammar very different from my Indo-European huh. German grammar okay. or English grammar. Uh, and uh, what I didn't know was that in their language, there is no difference between a verb, a noun, and an adjective. I didn't know this. I didn't know wow. that not all languages have a present tense, a past tense, a present perfect, and so on. We uh, people speaking Germanic languages uh, have uh, lots of tenses. We have a future, yeah. future, second future, conditional, conditional uh, to, uh, all these kinds of things. And I thought everybody thinks like that. <laughs> but my students didn't understand right. why I wanted them to use a past tense in place of a present because present and past is the same for them. In short, what I had to learn is that you can think 
the world in a very, very different way from what Europeans do. And uh, I suddenly realized also that things belong to together in a very different way in their minds, in their heads. Right. I give an example. Is that okay? If yeah, please give. We want examples. Okay, all examples, this whole yeah. show is going to uh, be great. In Latin, it says "exempla drahunt," examples pull you. Pull you. Yeah, yeah they pull at your Words heart, yeah. just uh, teach. Right. That, that, that's not the not real life. A bottle uh, is uh, uh, embedded into a sem sem semantic field, together with buckets and. Uh, uh, Ships, or you yeah, said, uh, uh, all kinds of even containers, 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 ah, of yeah. vessels. You see, yeah. And uh, I treated the, the bottle. I talked about bottles just this way, but later I. So for learn. wet, let me clarify. So wet for Westerners, yeah. the bottle. I got a bottle right yeah. here. Is a yeah. container. It contains it's a container. It water. Contains water. Okay. Yeah? All right. It contains water. Yeah. Uh, my students thought that the bottle belongs together with a pickup, an airplane, my water skis. I had a pair of water skis that no. were sensational Whoa. at that time. Uh, and I had to realize that they thought bottles were means of transport and not containers. Because you, you transport the As water. You can carry water. <sighs> And so you transport it in a boat. That's you right. transport it on water skis. And this is wow. the way a teacher has to talk about things that children can understand. Right. And I realized suddenly I have a very different way of thinking the world. And I realized that the missionaries do the same thing. But yeah. in the field of theology, in the field of missiology, and I started talking to them and said, what are we doing here? <laughs> we mix up all things in the heads of the people. They so you were talking understand. to missionaries then. Yeah, that's right, missionaries, yeah. and me too. Yeah. I said, Europeans. We're confusing people. Yeah, we're yeah. confusing people. Yeah. And they must be very intelligent because of all the pieces that we just throw in front of them, they have to put together a picture of what the Bible says, or oh, in my secular wow. uh, field yeah. of, of knowledge, what what Shakespeare means, or uh, what the literature means. But uh, they they had to understand what the Holy Spirit is by a heap of uh, of bits. Yeah. That did so not exactly. Fit together. They have like maybe like a they have little puzzles. We're throwing yeah, puzzle that's pieces right. at them. Puzzle pieces to them, and, and the they puzzle does not make sense for them. Put them together. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, very interesting. So that really uh, started to form you and think. Wait. Yeah. We that's need to form. I I, re I realized the the world can be con the concepts of the world differ very much from culture to culture. It's ah. very deep. And so that led you to want to study. Yeah, eth that's right. eth ethnos, ethnology. Yes, that's right. And, and, and I started out to collect materials. Uh, first, I started to collect the vocabulary for the human body. And I was so surprised that the human body makes a very, very different puzzle in their mind. Uh, I remember one example, which is a very good example. Uh, when I studied... Uh, Breathing okay. and the heart and the lungs. I had to learn that the lungs were called sponges. 
in that language. Is this Chukis in the Chukis, Chukis yeah, language? Yeah, Chukis language. That's an Austronesian language spoken all over Oceania, Oceania and yeah. the Pacific Ocean. They speak Austronesian languages. We had to learn that uh, uh, these are called sponges. And people think because of linguistic reasons, because of their vocabulary, that the breath goes into the heart, not into the sponges, into the heart. And when I realized this, I asked people, what is cough? What kind of disease is that? Or asthma? And they said, it's a heart disease. Why do you ask? No, really. And uh, then uh, I, I ran to the village and asked him people, and they, they asked me the same question. And when I asked my Bible translating informant, Namio, later I also did Bible translation in Chuk, I asked him the same question. He said, no, the air does not go into the, the sponges, into the lungs. It goes into the heart. I told him, when you kill a pig next time, please look. Well, the wow. pipes go. I had to explain. Did you this blow his easy. world yeah. upside down? Uh, uh, <laughs> you you look well. The, the pipes go, yeah. and uh, next morning he came. He had, he had hardly slept, and he, he said, couldn't I believe it. To my, yeah, I talked to my friends, and we discussed this. You say the the air goes into the into the sponges. Uh, we we started to kill a pig. They wanted to have something to eat also right. that night, <laughs> and they said we looked. You are right. You are right. The pipes go into the sponges and not in the heart. Can no you tell way. me why this is different in people, in man, in human body? So he couldn't even say. He, couldn't, he, he saw. He wouldn't admit that it was the same in That's man. it. That's it. And this wow. fascinated me so much that I started out to study this. And then I became an anthropological linguist, as you would say in America. Uh, we study these things, these conceptions. That's to say, we study the relations between language and worldview. Okay. For, for those who are, um, uh, who are familiar with this, it's the Sapir-Whorf okay. hypothesis or Sapir-Whorf theory. Now you just went, oh, but, all right, that's, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> Someone, that changed, I want to go look at it. I will look that yeah, up now. Yeah. That changed my attitude toward myself very, very much. And it made my life extremely rich. This is incredible. So you're there in Micronesia yes. and you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put, invest this. Somehow we have to build bridges. Yes. We described uh, in our break time just now that, that you sort of were, were did, didn't see yourself originally as a bridge builder, no, but ended up, ended up being a bridge builder between uh, understanding of man and yes. ethnology and everything and missionaries yes. and people on the field. That's it to help them bring the gospel, really, yes, to, to, to right. build those bridges. So explain that. Okay. Um, finally, we, we, we decided to study together. I had missionaries, uh, co-workers who were very willing yeah. to accept my completely new ideas that I brought into this. <laughs> and I wanted, uh, and I could also attract uh, them to the fact that they always taught the gospel in a European way, as a European concept with European ideas, and they yeah. uh, would have to change and start first study the indigenous culture and then structure their own knowledge as Europeans, not become complete uh, different or something. Different. Yeah. They, they could just remain Americans or had American co workers 
uh, and Germans, but they try, they had to try to structure their knowledge in a way uh, the the islanders would do it. Right. So you explained in our last. Uh, I, I have the uh, advantage of having the last week, last episode already recorded yeah, in right, German. Okay. You explained the two levels. You explained yeah. a level, a layer of um, American or Western type yes. of uh, uh, concepts, yeah. life experience, etc. Right. And then the animistic. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know what? Before we do that, sorry, let's define animism for yes. us. Let's do that. So you've written the books. We can hold these up. You've gotten several. Uh, you've got this one in German. Now you have animism in English here as yeah, well. That's the English version. Yeah. Version. A cognitive it, approach and introduction yes. to the basic notions of that's animism. That's true, and it's translated professionally. It was an yeah. an English uh, the German teacher who translated this. You also have this in French here. Yeah, Show this. This has also French been translated animism. in French. That's right. And yeah. uh, that's that's exciting. And uh, another one in Portuguese. But that, yeah, we, we, well, that's not so important for oh, come on, it's Americans, all important. for South American <laughs> missionaries. This is yeah. very all this is very important. I hope this is seen by lots of people in German and English in these lands that, that need these materials, because it's so helpful in us understanding cultures that missionaries move into. Otherwise, yeah. you'll just hit the wall. Now, explain animism and then the layers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Animism um, is very difficult to, to define. It's such a complex thing. Many dis, dis, uh, very, things that do not fit together are com uh, comprised, or can you say comprised? Comprised, in, yeah. Comprised in animism. It's a it's a bad it's it's really a bad term, but we don't have a better one, so right. I have to use it here. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't have a better one. Yeah. Uh, animism is not per se de, uh, demonic. Okay. People think or occult. Some or people make occult. that mistake, yeah, right? That's right. That's mistake. It's not yeah. per se occult, yeah. but the the borderline between occult passages. And very normal passages in anim in animism is not so clear for the people using it, and that's the problem. Uh, animism okay. is a worldview, basically. Mm -hmm. It uh, says that the, the Earth is a, is flat, and uh, there is like a bowl on top turned around, and all that is under the bowl that is called heaven or sky okay. you know, we yeah. have that translation problem so the levels English, of yeah, sky right. yeah mm -hmm. and people think they have a bit up to 20 words for for heaven or sky because it's uh, steps or levels Layers. of sky yeah. there is a bird sky and there's a cloud sky and an, uh, a star sky and uh, finally uh, the uh, creator gods uh, high on top uh, by the way, we have this also in the New Testament. Paul speaks oh, of three layers. A third and heaven, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, third heaven. Uh, and that's a remind, uh, re reminder of this animistic view because people in Greece thought like that at that time. Yeah, that's interesting. So he could make himself understood. In Maybe he right. thought like that also. I don't know. Right. Uh, we cannot decide. Uh, animistic um, traces in Paul's thinking. I don't know whether this is right, but I can imagine yeah. that this was the case.
concept of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, that means man has a body and the body has a seat of emotions. And this is not the heart. In most cultures, it's the liver, the stomach, or just the inside of the body, like but a, not I had the a brain. Gut, I had a gut feeling. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, an animistic idea from our ancestors. Maybe. Time. I don't, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, it's not the the brain. When I asked what what does hap- what happens in the brain, oh, that's only when we are dizzy. But our brain ah, does not think. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's also the place of the intelligence. And then this body is accompanied by uh, one or more spirit beings uh, that protect the body. That. Uh, like policemen, when an, a demon wants to attack the body and make him sick, yeah. then the spirit double is there to uh, chase this demon away. Okay, so that's where the uh, uh, forefathers come in that's it. sometimes. The forefathers are yeah. there to protect. Yeah. Your, maybe your grandfather. Oh, we need to also clarify that there's no grandfathers or there's no uncles and aunts. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. I'll just explain in, when yeah. the spirit double, when, when the body dies, yeah. the spirit double does not die. It stays alive and he becomes an ancestral spirit. And all the family is uh, just honoring this spirit. And it's considered to be a good spirit. People think that in animism there are only demons, only okay. evil spirits. They also know about there good are spirits. Benevolent, yeah. benevolent spirits. spirits that's yeah. right. And uh, they don't uh, um, adore uh, evil spirits. Yeah, they, they don't, don't pray to them. Or, they, or they don't worship them. them. They yeah. are really afraid of them. They keep apart from them. And they, yeah. they try, just try to be together with benevolent spirits. So that's where it maybe differs from occultism directly, right? right? So most, would you say for the most part, animistic cultures don't worship demons or they're afraid of them. They want to stay away and they want to use their benevolent spirits to protect them. But there are people who know how to handle evil spirits who can just induce them, uh, these evil spirits to kill somebody. Yeah. They are masters of these spirits. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's really that's yeah something in, very dangerous. But yeah, interesting. Very, very yeah. dangerous. That's true. Okay, but you uh, wanted to tell me something. Uh, oh, the two layers. The, so yeah, the, 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 the missionaries the come from Western straight. culture. Yeah, yeah they come right. from and they have these straits and the super yeah, straight. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. the yeah. animistic cultures will have these that's levels, right. and yeah. then the Western yeah. cultures yeah. come in and and they think. Why are they? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, explain that and a little. Then bit. we talk then also about the uncles and the uh, yeah the, the aunts. That's what we'll do we later. Okay. Yeah. Now, when uh, people from Europe or uh, from any Western country come to a place where yeah. there is animism, we consider the animistic culture as substrate. Yeah. And we have a superstrate that comes over it. Okay. And then starts an interaction between both. And during this time when the interaction is active, this uh, system goes through a period of syncretism. Okay. Every culture that gets into contact with uh, the gospel goes through a phase like that. Shall it's we inevitable? Defi- shall we define syncretism right right away or yeah. sh- you want to define okay. syncretism? Syncretism 
is the fact that you take one element from one religion and try to enroot in, in it. Is that a correct term? Yeah. Uh, it or to root it, root, root it in, in, yeah. an, in another religion. So, it, But it's also a mixture. Uh, that means yeah. if, when you use many elements yeah. and exchange, then you make a mixture. Uh, and that's syncretism. Now you have to be a little bit careful. Uh, Protestant uh, Christianity is also a syncretistic religion in, in so far in that we things. are mixed. Yeah. Uh, religion. We have elements from old Israel in yeah. our religion, but that's not what we understand by syncretism. Right. Uh, right. It's just historic, you know. Would you say it's mainly paganism mixed with uh, with other religions? That's what, is, uh, that's what, what we understand as syncretism. That's what we have by syncretism, yeah. I'm not a theologian and not yeah. a missiologist, therefore I have some trouble to define syncretism correctly uh, because uh, theologians usually can... Uh, argue very in a very detailed way about that. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the long and short of it, I think, yeah. simply defined, we can say syncretism is the mixing and matching. That's right. Uh, of of, of right. Uh, uh, yeah. religions with each yeah. other and thinking to get a better uh, truth yeah. out of this. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh, the two levels, they're they're interacting and they're creating that's a syncretism. Right. Yeah, that's right. And creating syncretism, and after a certain time, this disappears. But it takes a long time. People think a missionary goes there in one generation, everybody becomes a good Christian. That's very wrong. It's five <laughs> generations that it takes till this syncretism starts to vanish and it does not vanish completely. It's we interesting. Have, yeah. Uh, mission fields that have been missionized uh, for three for 150 years and there's still syncretism there and and the the Micronesian islands are are, are one like one of those yeah that's right they, they've been missionary missionary missionar missionized I guess yeah, okay, we yeah. say for for since since Kiasha, right the who yeah. you wrote this boat book yeah, about that's right even earlier there yeah. were earlier people there and they're still I mean I I, I talk with Klaus uh, yeah. a, a lot of yeah. my father-in-law yeah. a lot yeah. about some yeah. of those things that still come come out, yeah, come right, to the yeah. surface occasionally. Yeah, yeah. And you think, what? So you got this missionary. Let's give an example, practical example. Missionary goes to the field 20 years there. Yeah. And he's won the majority of the folks to the gospel. Yes. Right? They've maybe even planted a church. They're in under in a good way, right? Yeah. And underway with the gospel, with Christianity. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later, 25 years later, some practice comes out and the missionary is... Really uh, surprised. Yeah. Foolish buff, uh, as, as, we, right. as we say yeah. in German, totally yeah. baffled. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, I, I have a very good example okay. of this, uh, but it's uh, it's more, uh, it's taken from Catholic missionary work, okay. but things happened in the Protestant area just like as that, well, yeah. just like that. Uh, about 1850, uh, when French, uh, when, when France became a colonial power in Oceania, they um, colonized uh, New Caledonia. Okay. Nouvelle Calédonie in French, and uh, you these, speak French too. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. You make uh, us Americans look silly, right? Uh, well, well, <laughs> it's just the horizon of my interest that I. There would you say. go. You're, yeah. You, you cannot expect this in everybody. There is. Uh, other areas where I am just a zero. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what you call a, a person with three languages, right? Yeah. 
trilingual, yeah, three, trilingual, yeah. bilingual yeah. two languages. Yeah. You know, you know what you call someone with one language? Yeah. Pardon? One someone with one language. Yeah, it's uh, mono, uh, monolingual. Uh, monolingual yeah. American. Yeah, or, or American. <laughs> well, some people who are not very friendly with Americans think that Americans think you just. Uh, English is understood by everybody. You just have to I be know. loud enough. Yeah, but I do not I can, think like I that. I can make fun of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm allowed to. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. You are allowed to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people ask me how many languages do you master. There you go. And I say, well, that's a different. That's a different story. story. I say I can teach in. German, English, French, and a South Seas language. Okay. That's uh, and my four. mother's tongue is Swabian. I can teach oh, also. I would Schwabish. Be, oh, you but, can. You know, that's all. Uh, <laughs> when you do not master a language, you speak it well or understand well, but right. it's only your mother uh, tongue is. Uh, now you, now you come to Alemanneland, you have to yeah, okay. uh, master Alemannisch. Okay, that's yeah, way. That's right. that's okay, a, back to our. New Caledonia, subject, right? New Caledonia. Uh, these uh, priests uh, had a theology that said if you are not baptized the Catholic way, you have to go to hell when you die. Uh, so what they did, what did they do? They went around the island and looked for people who are, were very old, who get, could not leave their huts anymore. Uh, or were very baptized sick. Baptized them first, make yeah. sure they go to heaven. Yeah, that's right. right. They yeah. baptized th these old people. And after five years, everybody came to Catholic Mass, also young people. But they refused to have their children baptized. And the missionaries did not understand why this happened, why this was like that. And suddenly somebody told them that uh, they thought, they saw, that people were, uh, who were old and were sick died shortly after baptism. And though people said that baptism was the origin, the, the cause of the death. Okay. So there were uh, rituals to kill people, uh, magicians uh, uh, used in the methods, animistic practice. In the practice. animistic practice uh, to kill people by doing a special magic. And people interpreted baptism and the ceremony as a means of killing people, a way of killing people. They were you just know? older. They yeah. happened to die right. and yeah. <laughs> because uh, they were older. What was the mistake? They did not study the substrate first and right. organize their baptism and explain what they did. They just so to did make it, it easy, they just did it. That they understood yeah. the Western yeah. substrate. Assuming that every there's a self-understanding what they did. And uh, after 20 years, it, it, that was syncretism was still there, or that fear of baptism was still there. So are you gonna do that ceremony on me that makes me die? So is, yeah, ceremony is the right <laughs> word. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow, that is quite an interesting example. So um Let's uh, let's get uh, into. Uh, you're an expert in animism. Wrote the book uh, on it. Um, why is animism important to understand for the for this Western world? He, like here now, I'm not a missionary to a different land. I'm I live here in the Western culture. Maybe I live in America. I live in, in Europe. Um, and for the church, why is it important for us to understand animism? to know it, to understand it, to at least have a little bit of knowledge in it. Right. Uh, first of all, because 
the Bible says important things about animism. <clears throat> the Bible does not have a, a complete system of animism. We would not be able to, to draw a theology of animism from the Bible. But we have uh -huh. very important uh, hints uh, at the fact that uh, Old Testament people uh, thought animistically. We have the scene between Saul, is that the correct pronunciation? Yep. Saul, David, and uh, the, um, uh, the people usually use witch of the witch Endor. witch of Endor, But yeah. it's not a witch, it's a, it's a shaman. A female. Oh, you mean the, the story exactly the story, where Samuel, Samuel is called back called, from the dead? That's right. Yeah. That's it. So animism in the Bible is a very important thing. It's and there, it, yeah. It's, it's also considered to be dangerous in the Bible. Too. So let me ask you this. You would say those warnings in the Old Testament yeah. for animistic practice, like That's calling it. back the dead or, yes. or, or uh, witchcraft or the yeah. things in that direction, right? Yes, that's right. Using are, magic. Using magic, magic as yeah. well yeah. Um, are condemned yes. for the most part, as that's much it. as I know, yeah. um, throughout the whole Old Testament. That's Would right. you stand by that? Would you say those yes. should be, those type of practices yeah. that the Bible condemns yeah. should stay? Yeah. For Christians, it's impossible. A Christian community, a church, cannot... Uh, take uh, these things into their theology or their teachings. It's impossible. Though there, there, there is the danger. I know that uh, one of my students wrote a master's thesis about, uh, in, about churches in West Africa, oh. especially charismatic mm -hmm. churches, and, and she found out that most of them take in um, a, a lot of animistic practices Practices, practices yeah. healing ceremonies, yeah. uh, magic to become rich, yeah. magic to, to become healthy, yeah. uh, to yeah. get rid of diseases. And this is completely... Sort of the prosperity diseases. gospel There's mixed prosperity with, gospel. with uh, witch doctory mm, somehow, right? right the, yeah. the witch doctor yeah. or the yeah. leader can yeah. just make you yeah. healthy, basically. I cannot understand why Christians could have these ideas develop this but it's the fact you and me both okay <laughs> i mean uh yeah i can't i can't understand it either yeah, yeah. um and so but is it easier maybe to be syncretistic in african cultures where christianity just comes in and says just become a christian in this way and you're welcome to keep all that stuff too. that's right that's very easy is that easier it's, it's much easier because uh, it's so self-evident. Everything that is new and you like, you can take into your life. That's the easiest it's, way to it. It's easier to do that than to work on these That's hard right. layers of, right. that are built into That's culture right. and people for yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years. That's right. And that, that's also the problem. The substrate is internalized. It's in the, what you call it, the subconscious. Subconscious, the yeah. Subconscious. As children, we grow up with this. We take it over. It goes into our subconscious. We cannot... You get at a distance, not reflect critically yeah. that that's what we can do only when we're 16, 17, 18, when our brain has changed. Yeah. And uh, because of that, the substrate is very, very active. Now, this is a, bring a good point. I recently saw a program on German television here about animism. And uh, it, it bought a, I was preparing for our, uh, our interview here today. And as well, uh, something else prepared me for an interview that that was maybe also in my substrate that I didn't realize before. Yeah. And it has to do with mascots. Yes. 
my wife had told me for years, what, what are you, what's all this about mascots? Every team, every high school team in America, every football team, every pro football team has a mascot. And my wife just recently, I I just thought, oh, what's that about? I always pushed it away. And she said, it's Glücksbringer. It means good luck bringer. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, If if you know that it is like that, it's clear for you that you have to avoid it. If you don't know, you think it's just fun, you know? Yeah. Or... uh, Glücksbringer, something that attracts happiness and yeah. luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, as you would say, it's something good. Uh, but that's it's a problem. Careful, I yeah. don't think that the Bible would be uh, in accordance with this. Uh, by the way, in anthropology or the ethno- or ethnology, we distinguish between a talisman and an amulet. You know that difference? Yeah. An Am- amulet. Describe the difference. Yeah. Amulet protects you against evil and a talisman attracts good luck interesting <laughs> so that that brings you to this this show in this show this 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 moderator was saying basically we should go back to animism yeah. go back to the roots yeah. these the, the idea of the noble savage yeah that's right was there yeah. in this show and we and we should really take it on again mm-hmm. and let the western culture be infiltrated yeah. again by animism yeah. what do you think of such uh, a thing that's impossible there there was never a noble savage it's interesting <laughs> okay. uh, Europeans always thought real culture is where they are not. Okay. In other so words, far that's co- colonialization. Col- yeah, that's we, right. We bring we bring the, culture enculturation. Uh, yeah, and uh, the others are the, the the noble savages. And it's interesting. First, they were the noble savages. Then they were the uh, the no. First, they were the wild savages. Well, wild. The they were real wild. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were the noble savages in, in during the Enlightenment time of Enlightenment yeah. times of discovery, and then they became the lazy savages because <laughs> they did not work well on the plantations during colonial oh, time. After uh, we enslaved yeah, them, right? That's right. Okay, <laughs> but uh, let's go back to what? What's the the the, the question? Getting it to like is should back animism to, going back yeah, to our roots? Should yeah. we? Man was never paradisical. It was always creatures after paradise were normal humans. We know that the American Indians Mm -hmm. were not the protectors of nature as uh, people in Europe imagined them. them. When uh, uh, in Europe Europe, they started these long hats, I don't know, Tilinda, what you call it? These oh yeah, these hats. top hats, top yeah. hats, top right? hats, yeah. And they were made of beaver fur, oh, furs yeah. of beavers. And when the American Indians realized that the Europeans wanted to have beaver furs, they just shot all beavers, a, a whole yeah. region free of beavers, so they no could protection sell the of nature. Coats, yeah. When they uh, hunted bison, or uh, is that yeah, that bison? Bison, yeah, bison yeah. big, huge animals. They, yeah. they and wanted to. To, to feast, to celebrate something. They hunted bison. And as a specialty, they used the tongues of the bison. So a group, a family group who wanted to, to give a feast, uh, a big meal, yeah. uh, they hunted 20 bison because they needed 20 tongues. Or, uh, tongues. And just the tongue. Just, just take the tongue. Just, uh, let the yeah. other rot. There's no protection of nature. That's uh, absolutely irrational. Yeah. But everybody thinks... 
Indians were, were the noble savages. Noble savages. Yeah. They were very noble people. People just like were friendly you and we, yeah. that helped you. That could be aggressive if uh, if in threatened. Cases, yeah, that's right. Yeah. If threatened, yeah. very normal people, but not noble savages. So uh, you think it's impossible, you know, the, these the, sort of the trend now. Let's go back to the roots. Let's go back yeah. to animism, yeah. right? Yeah, there's That's, another interesting idea. Yeah. You cannot go back to the roots. It's impossible. Okay. Ameri American Indians, also Inuit, which were called, who were called Eskimos in former in times. Alaska area. Do not yeah. know anything anymore of their culture 100 years ago or 150 years ago because nobody took notes. And they didn't safe, write it down. Yeah. What they know today, they know from white people, white American Poor anthropologists, white German anthropologists, and they pick they out recorded what they, it. Yeah. they pick out what fits into their present culture because their culture has changed very much. They use modern medicine. How can you get animistic medicine into a modern medical system, that's not possible. It does not fit. Wow. Interesting. You also mentioned, so from the Western perspective, we have animistic backgrounds, of yes. course, in our culture. You mentioned in our last episode, and I want to bring that back, the the spirit yes. that was um, when someone immediately died yes. in Schwäbische Alb. Yes. It's an area in, 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 uh, in Swabia. Yes. Tell us about that. I want our hearers to hear yeah. that. It's very interesting. In very Christian villages. Pietistic. Pietistic yeah. villages. People uh, open the... When somebody has died, people immediately open the window so that their soul can leave in peace, leave the room. That's an animistic idea. That's so interesting, right? Because our Christian idea of the soul, they don't need holes to get out, yeah, of, right. out, out of a room. Uh, once I asked uh, one of my informants in Chuk, what, what would happen if you take a soul away from a person and put it into a... Uh, what is this big drums where you have oil and yeah, gas? Yeah, oil, oil drums. Oil drums, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if you put put it into and close it completely, and then my informant Ubuini said, uh, it cannot leave. It needs a hole. Escape. Uh, just like uh, uh, like uh, you you make a hole with a with a pin. Even a pinhole. A, a pin a pinhole must be there. It's so real, you know, animistic ideas about souls. And this is still in pietism, is still today. It's very interesting. It seems idea. like the animism in a lot of ways, and I remember in my master's study as well, I took a class in it, that is very, very overlaid with the physical world in that's which true. we live. Yeah, that's right. So how would a spirit need to have a hole to go through a yeah, peephole? Yes, yes. It's very com yeah. combined with yeah. our everyday world. Yeah. Because the idea is not there is uh, this world and a, a world beyond. Yeah. The world beyond is at, in the same place as this yes, world. Yes. Because man lives in reality, material, and at the same time, he has a spirit double that lives in a kind of spirit world. Yeah. And even things can have a, a spirit double. 
You know that? By Tukey's informant. Is that a doppelganger or is that something like that? A cup has got a spirit double that does not feel anything. Even physical things have have a spirit spirit double. double. And I asked, well, I cannot see it. No, this is invisible. Spirits are invisible. And uh, what happens? Can um, a spirit double, and uh, can a cup? Lose his spirit double, just like a person can lose his body when he he dies. Then this spirit double is there, still there. And he says, yes, uh, my grandfather, who is a a spirit, may want something to drink. So he goes into the kitchen in my house and takes a cup, but he takes only the spirit double of the cup. And he takes it Does the spirit away. double hold water just yeah, as well? <laughs> that's right. And then drinks and forgets to do it back, to put it back. Ooh. So this is a, a, a cup that does not have a spirit double. What happens? It and I said, lost. I oh. said to him, uh, okay, what happens? And he says, oh, uh, when this, when, when you, it falls down, it breaks more easily than one who has its spirit double. No. Or oh, a, really? a stone axe. Who's lost his spirit double gets blunt easy Quickly. more easily. And Doesn't so have its protection. It's a protection. Yeah. And then I understood why a spirit is a protection for the body when the person wow. is living. You know, uh, it's really fantastic. And I started to understand what an offering is uh, in uh, in animism and offering. The people put food in front of uh, their ancestors on yeah. an altar. Yeah. And I asked, but it's for for hours there and nothing happens. They said, well, what did we, nothing happens. A lot of things happen. My grandfather comes and takes the spirit double away of this and food. enjoys that and food. Ask, yeah. And what wow. can you do with this food? Well, it will get grow, uh, what do you call this, fungus on yeah. top. Yeah? Yeah. It decays more, more easily. Or you can eat oh. uh, 10 kilos uh, of this food, you don't put on uh, so one all gram the, of the ginglishkeit. Yeah, that's right. The, the, it doesn't have any nutrition. Decaying things yeah. are protected. Yeah, that's right. By their spirit doubles. Yeah, that's right. That's and uh, if it does not have a spirit double, you, it, it has no nutritious value. You know. Wow. And it's even even today, uh, uh, people, young mothers think that they have to give uh, their babies food that is full of spirit doubles. Because the wow. language is fantastic. So this is fantastic. Some fantastic stuff. So uh, this is the book Animism. Hold up your English uh, copy there. Yeah. You can grab that in Animism, English as well. Um, French. Yeah, French. Whatever language. Whatever oh, yeah, language you got. Yeah. And and uh, um, go get that. I'll have to read it. I'm telling you, I'm reading it in German now, and it's um, pushing the limits of my German understanding okay, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. But it's awesome. It's really awesome. Um, I actually posted on Facebook to ask for help. Yeah. Okay. The help was name me some things that might fall into animism, um, occultism, yeah. and the like in our everyday life yeah. in the Western world. Yeah. Um, first of all, Peugeot has a car now called Talisman. I don't know if you knew that. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's mascot. Yes. For me, mascotte. It comes yeah. from the French word mascotte, yeah. and it means uh, charm, lucky charm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, knock on wood. Yeah, that's were, right. You ever had a knock on wood? Knocking on wood comes from the Celts, probably. Yeah, where probably. They, where they had knocked on wood to knocked on the yeah, wood to yeah. either appease the ghosts yeah, inside yeah, the wood, right. 
Or do you know other things about that? Well, in most cases, you cannot give a rational explanation for things <laughs> like that because right. we don't know what people's ideas were two or three thousand yeah. years ago. Like yeah. we think about Thor's Day in English, Thor's yeah, Day right. and Wednesday, yeah. uh, Odin's Day. Friday is yeah. a German yeah. goddess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yoga. Yeah. Um, is, uh, also has uh, roots like that. That's right. Yeah. That's um, true. Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with this. This is a new thing. It's called the Enneagram. If you don't know about okay, it, I should, I should a, inform you sign, later. Yeah. It's the uh, sign. It's like exactly. Star, yeah. And it was founded. The the it, it's a it's really popular, wildly popular with Christians now. Really? And it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is. It has its roots in automatic writing. You know what automatic writing okay. is. You hear from the spirits yeah, and you okay, write yeah, what's that's said. Right, yeah, okay. And uh, this is the Enneagram pers personality profile. That's it's right. It's very popular right now. Um, oh, really? It, it, yeah, it's very popular under Christians. Uh -huh. And so we need to maybe write a book together about that or okay, something. Okay, I, mean, I this cannot is, imagine that. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. And it really has occult roots. So okay. there's stuff in our everyday feng shui. Yeah, your house is right. feng shui. This is you very important to a lot of Germans. Yeah, yeah. spiritism is calling uh, dead uh, persons to to talk to a to people sitting around yeah. the table. Vazaga. What do we say in, in English? Um, yeah. uh, truth teller. Uh, no, that's a uh, Vazaga. Uh, what, what is that, is that in, in, in English? English? Oh yeah. man. <laughs> so soothsayer. Soothsayer, soothsayer in English. Is that yeah. right? In that's English, right. Yeah. Okay. Who calls the dead? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, We've got all sorts of things that we don't even realize is, is is sort of has these roots, maybe occult roots or animistic roots. Yeah, well, you can use both uh, terms. Animistic is a neutral term, but uh, yeah. occult is that part in animism uh, that is not separated by a clear borderline. Yeah. We don't really, people who are animists do not understand why they should not uh, make offerings to their ancestral spirits because they are people that were good to them while yeah. they were living. That's right. right. Very much. Yeah. And so so let let me uh, uh, open up my, my scriptures in first Corinthians eight, uh, five through six. Paul talks about this and you uh, show your book again. This uh, this thing on the cover of your book. Explain that to us. You said that last. Yeah, that's uh, last this show. mask. So usually very big. It was uh, yeah. that high yeah. uh, was used to war. It's an ancestral spirit who was a very powerful chief in former times, people say, and uh, it was used to ward off typhoons. They danced with it at uh, the, yeah. the coastline of islands. And uh, therefore I used it, uh, that, that's, that's two keys, Mordlock it's a Islands where thing, your yeah. father-in-law was yeah. a missionary. Yeah. And uh, I, I got this from the museum in Freiburg uh, as a, a, a title. Yeah. Now that, uh, you said hangs in your home. Yeah, oh, it hangs in my home. Yeah, and, that's right. And so now, does it ward off typhoons in your home? No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> now, this is interesting. Does it have power because the people give it power? Yeah. Or does it have 
you, you it doesn't affect you whatsoever in your home. It hangs in your home. Yeah. And, and so explain that a little yeah. bit. Does it does it have power because yeah. of the people? Or? It's 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 difficult to 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 say something definitive uh, about this. I think that I do not have any connection to these ideas. I never used it. For me, it's a museum, a piece of yeah. that you hang in a museum. Mm -hmm. For them, it is a meteorological object. They need it to ward off typhoons. So I think they attribute some kind of power to yeah. that. So when uh, a Chukis man or woman would come into your home, yeah, would, he would be surprised, probably. Yeah, surprised. It uh, hangs a in modern your one who is really educated, an educated probably person. No so there's no problem for him. That's kind of museum, museum thing. Museum yeah? too. Yeah. But people who are still enemies would be very surprised that a Christian has something like this in his home. Very interesting. It's possible. Now this leads us to our our scripture today. Yeah. Okay, so I want to uh, read from First Corinthians uh, eight five through six. It, the context, of course, is the uh, uh, offering, making sacrifices to uh, idols. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, Paul writes in, uh, I'll start in verse, chapter 8, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 4. Therefore, as to the eating of foods offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence. It's in quotes. I wonder why that's in quotes. I didn't even do any exegesis here. I just bought it out. <laughs> and that there is no God but one, also in quotes. <laughs> right. Maybe those are Old Testament passages. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods, small g. Yeah, that's right. And many lords, small l. Yeah. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we are all things and through whom we exist. Yeah. So okay. there, there is no God but one. Yeah, that's right. And if you are uh, with that one God, uh, these things have no meaning for you anymore. It's a, they, they cannot have any power on you anymore. But as soon as you are in contact with this and you fear this and you are not free anymore, just leave your hands off it. So that's interesting. So... Might you actually take that down from the wall if a, a older Chukis Christian came to your home? Uh, I would not take it from the wall, but I, I would try to explain to him there that my no attitude there. is very different. That the, there's no power uh, that, that has that it has over me. Uh, and that's sort of the problem of the missionaries. They go into an animistic world yeah. and everybody thinks they are attacked by thousands of demons. All the missionaries that go there, yeah. They're not, you know, it doesn't they're happen, not, right? They're protected. They, right. it has no now, for them. is there something to be had for a power encounter? Um, when a missionary comes to a field that's animistic, yeah. Yeah. to have that first initial power encounter, I think of Blutgeist, yeah. that... Uh, Klaus, my father-in-law, um, um, made a film yeah, about right. this a blood fight, ghost yeah. Um, yeah. that was in the trees. Is there something to be said to have a power encounter where the gospel can be seen as more powerful than there? Uh -huh. uh, I have uh, a problem to say something about it because I do not really know a solution or an answer. Okay. Klaus has it. But for me, I 
I leave it open. Okay. Uh, I would not be even be able what a power encounter is. I look just uh, on these things from the scientific side. Okay. Uh, from not from a spiritual spiritual side, you know, from from a religious side. So uh, I'm sorry, but I cannot give a definite answer. Let me let me go on that theme with him then. When okay. We, we interview him next. Theme. So I do not say that these things do not exist. Okay. I would be very unscientific, but uh-huh. I'm not able. To say anything about that back because I cannot experiment. Right. I cannot prove anything. Right. But theologians and missiologists have different attitudes. You talk okay. to him. Maybe he says right. something. Good. This is so interesting and thrilling um, to just go through these things. So um, wh- what do you see as a very important for missionaries? You're a bridge builder between missionaries and yeah. ethnologists yeah. And, and, the, and the study itself. What do you see as very important for missionaries, the church, theologians to understand in this whole field, ethnology, animism, anthropology? What's very important for you for Christians and and, and those people and those to see? Especially for modern Christians in in Europe. Uh, I use a a concrete example. They take care of many people who uh, come from Syria, from Africa, from Gambia, just just, uh, refugees, you know, and they come with their different cultures that they have in their subconscious. Europeans should not expect these people to be emotionally on the same level. They they feel differently. They are shame-oriented. We are guilt-oriented, mainly no clear... For the most part. For the most part. They are... Uh, we are reality oriented. We are uh, future oriented, time orientation, and rule orientation, and they are person oriented, yeah, oriented for, for, for a person. So when we meet and, them, and, and safety, or you mentioned safety, for, yeah. for Germans, safety, yeah, safety is very important. We yeah, insure all of our homes. <laughs> uh, we have insurance. They for everything. We we do not let the catastrophe. Uh, Define yeah. us, yeah. Yeah, we, we we take care that that it doesn't come, but they solve the problem when the catastrophe is there, when it really happens. Not or they before. say, well, it could go well. Yeah, it could go well, yeah. <laughs> we say it could could go wrong. Yeah, it could go wrong. That's right. Okay, that's a difference, and we should be aware of this. To be be self-critical, be patient. It takes mm. a long time till we understand each other. Walls between us, cultural walls, are very high. It takes a long time. It takes a a lot of effort to get over these walls. And it's not easy. Multicultural society is very, very difficult. Multiculti is tough. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very tough. It's also expensive. If you think, if you would... uh, set up uh, schools for everybody with different school programs it's impossible everybody must speak german now think cannot... about think about the we had an influx in germany of of, of refugees yes. in the last years and yeah. kids who have these other shame oriented yeah. cultures right. i'll give you an example I, kids i see there was tons of kids in in, in condren here but i noticed a gentleman and um, he was very berated by our in our in, in our language class. We had German language. Yeah, he was, I believe, right. from a Middle Eastern country, and the Russian background teacher that we had yeah. berated him in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Ran him down and and was very 
here's how it goes, you know, just very uh, rule oriented. This is how it has to be. Now do it sort of. And and he put his head down and the talk was over. He didn't speak for the rest of the class almost. Yeah, that's right. Well, that has an advantage in German. You can talk about corruption by just name it, you know, which you separated from the person. In Africa, you cannot separate corruption it's from total, the person. Yeah, yeah. That's very different. We have to understand this and always be on the watch out. Yeah. There are very, very many traps you walk into and you don't realize and you just uh, make people angry or push them off yeah. from you. And uh, th- that's a problem. So be patient, but try to get over the walls. Compassion could go a long way, yes. couldn't it? Yeah. compassion yeah that's right compassion that's um, right yeah so very good thanks for that what what are um what do you think or ways do you see that animism or, or or things like this have crept into the church um uh, you mentioned some last show uh, and uh, but uh, what are some ways that animism in, in the west yeah. is creeping into the west or creeping back in maybe from the roots of yeah. of the western culture even do yeah. you have any ideas yeah not very concrete ideas. I feel that the traditional churches, the traditional churches are not so much in danger of letting these things in, but the uh, other churches, Free especially churches. charismatic churches, uh, there is also the borderline is not so clear between mm-hmm. what is old animistic practice and uh, real biblical Christianity. That's a right. problem. They should be on the watch out. So there's there's uh, denominations and 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 different uh, churches that are op- more open to the supernatural. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably what 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 allows them to allow in things that might not be as yeah. biblical. Say, oh, you yeah. know what? It's all supernatural. God is a supernatural God. That, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so they let in um, those things. Um, what um, give us a few stories if you can? I think you had a you had a, some great stories last time. A few stories of maybe really quiet, crazy, or wild animistic practices yeah. um, that you came across in your research over the years, uh, or even life on the mission field. I, right. I'll remind you if you don't uh, talk about the one. I want to hear right. about that one again. Okay, I remember that Indians in South America said that uh, they are. Uh, they are really afraid of the forest because there are so many demons in the forest, wow. uh, though they live in the forest. And they say that even the trees can throw diseases into their way while they walk on the path. Wow. You know, the trees that throw diseases into your onto your path to make you sick. But the most uh, uh, funny story was the happened during the last. Uh, World uh, Soccer Championships. Yeah, I don't know whether this is the English term for that. Uh, world yeah, the World, world Cup. World, world Cup. Cup. Yeah. World Cup. That's yeah. right. Uh, and Nigerian uh, team came to Germany and they had their charlatan, as they would call them, his native healer, yeah. who could also make magic to win a soccer match. So uh, they had their... They were pretty good that year, actually. So it might have worked. Okay. I think, as I remember, Nigeria went very far. In the... Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, they had taken their uh, specialist uh, to make uh, the, the, uh, the, the goalkeeper of uh, the opposite uh, team make weak. So he lets the balls fly, fly uh, through. The, yeah, uh, fly through. 
uh, I don't know how they they uh, they experienced or they hoped Hope to manage it, it but uh, yeah, I don't know how effectful the, he he worked. But right, did he did he have the doll and like them. poke them with? Uh, yes, <laughs> something some, like that. Sometimes they they do that like that, or they. Uh, put a fetish into the ground in the, the, the goal. So uh, wow. the, the, the soccer field would have to be protected in Africa. They have they to protect so the that no one fields, can come on the, the field. Can, can get on the field no, and put a fetish someplace really? uh, to make uh, the, uh, the goalkeeper, goalkeeper weak. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is wild. And you had mentioned one about the yeah. dust. What was that one? That's uh, uh, one time, uh, Christopher Blinton mission. That's a mission to the blind. Blind, yeah. Uh, in Africa, uh, there's much blindness in West Africa, and they asked me and Gisela to go there and study native. Uh, eye doctors, native okay. magic eye doctors. That was very interesting. I interviewed one for one hour and, and I wanted to know, he called himself uh, something in the eye doctor. That's to say he took out things that got into the eyes. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, when he's got a, I asked him what he does when he has to get into the eye with some, some instrument to take something out that hurts people very much. Mm -hmm. He said, no, uh, it doesn't hurt because I give them a, uh, a, a uh, what do you say? Sedative, a, maybe? A sedative. Or to make them to, sleep? Uh, to make them sleep. Yeah, yeah. sedative. To, or not to give him, to make him numb. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, 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 art, nar nar narcotics. Nar yeah, narcotic, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to know how he does, and he says, in the night about one o'clock in the full moon, I have to collect special plants. Has to be a full moon. Yeah. Full, yeah, moon. full moon, yeah, yeah. full moon. Yeah. I have to collect some uh, some plants. Well, full moon, so that he, that he can see something, so that he can see his his uh, his plants. Wow. And I have to burn them. And the ashes are then uh, uh, made into small particles. Yeah. What you see, they smash it, down. smash them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And in the morning, when the patient comes, I put these ashes on the front uh, on the forehead, the forehead. And I noted this, and after one hour, I looked through my files, my field notes again, and saw a narcotic take take the, the pain away, put ashes on the front. I started on oh on the on the forehead, on whose forehead? On yours or on the patient's? And he said, not on the patient's, on mine. And when he wow. put he puts this magic medicine on, on his, his own forehead, forehead, his own. It does not hurt, uh, the, 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 the patient, patient does is, not feel any pain. So he's like an a, a, a intermediary so he's, for he's, the... That's that's right. So like he's almost his uh, present physical spirit so, guide. So, so to say, that's you cannot something. explain it rationally, you know, uh, but th that's, <laughs> that's really wild, crazy huh? for us. That's so wild. Uh, I don't know where you know the word uh, char charlatan in English. It's German charlatan, char charlatan, yeah, it's a pretender. I was so surprised yeah. that one patient told me in West Africa where I had to speak French. Uh, he said, uh, J'ai été charlaté pour la première fois quand j'avais six ans. I was treated magically when I was six years old. And he used it treated charlatan. And Charlotte. the doctor is called charlatan. Our word charlatan, charlatan comes Pretender. from these cultures. Ah, 
And uh, funny enough, in some of the really extreme charismatic, I would I would say some of these people are charlatans. Really, they're, they're pretenders. Really? They they pretend to they, heal they, people. Yeah, they right. don't. Yeah, they don't heal anybody, or yeah. they may do some magic thing. Yeah. The most recent thing I've seen was um, having people in Africa, African Volishtan uh, 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 prosperity okay. preachers, yeah. asking their congregants to bow down on the ground and eat grass. Yeah, that's right. Themselves. Or drink uh, detergents, uh, or Clorox, <sighs> or something like that to get cleaner things. It, Think of, can you think of that. These are charlatans. Yeah, they charlatans. are so very interesting. Uh, Magic um, to become rich. Uh, let's let's conclude. Do you, do you think these these some of these things hold true power? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and like we talked about power encounters, you had mentioned the person thinks oh because they think it has power, it holds power. What tell us? Do you think there's true power? There is there demonic power in some of these things? Is there are there spirits like Samuel was called back by Saul <laughs> and he actually came back yeah, and condemned him. That's right. Right. So tell us what your yeah. understanding is of that. Yeah. It's a difficult question and I have no satisfying answer for myself. I look at things from a scientific side yeah. uh, and I feel safe here. Uh, I cannot give any proof. You cannot experiment. You cannot go into a, a lab yeah. And experiment and say, well, we did this and the effect was this. So right. conclusion. But I'm far from saying they don't exist. Okay. The real powers. It would be very unscientific to exclude this. Okay. Because just I don't have any proof. So uh, there are people who tell me who are very cre- uh, credible missionaries who experience terrible things. Sure. In this context, and I cannot say that was illusion. Yeah. For me, it's unsolved the question. But these people are sure that these things exist, and I accept this. So the folks, even in those animistic cultures, are sure that they exist. That's they it. believe it, and it. Uh, and I have to take, I have to have take, to take them seriously. that as serious. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh man. Lota, very, very interesting. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I really, you know, we were talking in our break time. Uh, you're the the bridge between, you bring the science, bring the understanding of cultures to missionaries. In Germany, that has been your life's work as we see here. Thank you for these books. Thank you for your Festschrift and all the okay. other things you've done to empower missionaries, to empower the church, to understand uh, men, to understand people. Yes, from from a perspective, a scientific perspective, a cultural perspective, I think your work has been uh, uh, some really very important work in Germany and probably in in the rest of the world as well. I'm not sure. How, I hope this is well read <laughs> yeah. uh, in the rest of the world be because uh, it's so so necessary. And you've been a bridge builder at least if not to allow Germans to start studying science and, and having a master's degree, like we talked about yeah, in the break right, time, yeah, yeah. and to get doctor's degrees and to be well-learned. And I think that's been a, a huge uh, uh, thing that you've brought to the table, to the German culture, uh, as I see, uh, you know, just studying from afar, so to speak. And I just thank you so much. Thank you, Giesler, for being yeah. with as well. Um, yeah. It was a... Exciting. I, th- I think I think this will be a really great benefit to Thank our you. 
to our uh, listeners. Any last thoughts uh, to close up with? Can you bring it maybe to a conclusion in any way? Yeah, I would say it's difficult to teach the gospel, to bring the gospel to people that live in an animistic context, but it's worthwhile trying anyway. That is a good word to end on. The people we're serving are people. The people in these cultures are people made in the image of God. That's right. Okay. And and I'm so glad you brought it to that point. It's worth trying anyways. That's the gospel. That's the last word. I'm going to stick with it. Thank you, Lota, for giving us uh, that last word. She's got an interesting story. We went to a pygmy place. To pygmies in Africa. That okay. was the most difficult thing we ever did. Very hard to get there. Just uh, to get to them. To get them. Is this this here, this picture here? Uh, no, that is yeah. uh, in East Africa. Um, uh, um, do you have the, the new uh, book, uh, Introduction to Anthropology? No, for you. No, uh, no. I don't have it with me. Uh, there's a, a woman, a pygmy woman, on uh, on the title page, yeah. uh, I took this there, uh, and I had three informants. We had to speak French with my interpreter, okay. and uh, when uh, we we studied for the, uh, the image of man or picture of man, concepts of man, and uh, one uh, when we want to leave, uh, the interpreter said, the, "The pygmies want us to pray." Before you leave, this and man, this man was just—he was. Uh, oh, he was a, a, big, a man. That's yeah. how they're how tall. I have, they are, I have yeah. a picture when I I tall is yeah. half, half my size, <laughs> and uh, he started to pray. And my interpreter, he, in pygmy language, you know, and my interpreter started to laugh and uh, laughing while praying. That was for my childhood. That was another very much forbidden. <laughs> My parents, and he told me just, I will tell you what he what he prayed when he, when they are gone. And my interpreter said afterwards, François, that was his name, said that he thanked God, Kumba, that he brought the anthropologist here, that he really would see the real what the, the world really is. You know, so that was ethnocentrism on the other on the pygmy side. You know. Uh, he he thought the way he thinks that's the real world, and the anthropologist had to see this. I would ha have hugged him if he but were there. That's so amazing because that's what actually ha what, what missionaries are coming with a Western perspective, yeah. and they're trying to put that on. That's and the anthropologists and ethnologists can come and say, "Let's bridge this world." Yeah. These people really see the world this way. Yeah, that's right. You can't. You can't just overlook that and say, that's stupid. Yeah, like he cannot. It's impossible. Right? Or else you have truly rejected a culture almost. That's right. And he can say the same thing about your culture. It's stupid. It's totally stupid. Think the world Why like do that? they believe in science like that? That's it. What is science? What is the truth? The old uh, right. question of, uh, of Pilate. Of Pilate. You know? What is... What is truth? What is, what, yeah. what is truth? What, what does it, does it, what did he say? What is, what is truth? What yeah. is truth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's super interesting. So that has been, I mean, you can at least hope 
in these books and your work, life work. And I hope and pray you take that uh, as well uh, into eternity with you, with, with, a, like with a gladness that right. you're glad yeah. that you have been able to yeah. help missionaries, help people understand folk, yeah. f- uh, oh, folk religions, uh, not folk religion, but folk, uh, folk, mm-hmm. um, uh, people, uh, people groups. Or? Yeah, you you understand tribal people groups, yes. so that they can understand the true gospel yes, of Jesus that's Christ. Right, yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think of uh, what what do we, do I do when I have to appear before the throne of God? I want to come along with this and say that's what I tried. And but uh, most important for me is the translation of the Old Testament into the Chukis language. Uh, I w- would have written the same thing as uh, Johann Sebastian Bach uh, when he the art of the fugue. Uh, the last chorale is there is for deinen Ton trete ich hiermit. So the art of the fugue, a compendium yeah. of his yeah. most. Uh, artful Work, compositions. Yeah. Is that what he wants to? He wants to uh, present it before the before the throne of God. I have something like that too. Not that musical, but <laughs> things like that. But you have the Word of God translated into a, a, a another language. Uh, yes, that's right. That but to say, I translated. I helped. I helped translating yeah. because my informants, native speakers, were more important than I. And see, that's the thing. Most translators, some translators, come now and they just put their own Western yeah, view right. on it, and they just get them to ch- give them the words. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You yeah. put yourself, you you co- uh, contextualized yourself into another person's that's life right. and yeah, culture yeah. Yeah. to understand them from their eyes, not yeah. from the outside that's eyes right. looking that's in. Right. That's what I mean. And that's the, that's the benefit, uh, first of all, that men and people are seen as the people that they are. That's right. People loved by God yeah. and in the image of God. Yeah. And uh, that's something we can yeah. absolutely take away. Yeah. Thank you, Lota, for your life, for your work, for your input, yeah. even just that. She would thank probably you. half worth if she yeah. had not been there. This has uh, really been a fun, exciting uh, discussion. Thanks for your time. God bless you, and God bless you uh, in, in, in more ways than just this. In yeah. your Wurstand, yeah. in, yeah, in okay. your last days uh to to be blessed by god and we just pray that on you and thank you so much for your time thank you very much god bless you thanks for listening to this episode of churchpreneurs podcast you can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net i also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com you're welcome to follow me on twitter as well my twitter handle is at richardpmore23 You can also email us at churchentrepreneurs at gmail.com. That's church and entrepreneur jammed into one awesome jambalaya. (laughs) I'd love to hear from you. If you have any input or thoughts on ideas for a podcast, any comments, questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care. All right. Can't achieve game. <laughs> <laughs>